Hey everybody, this is Adam. Sorry to tell you guys, but my two other buddies that I record with, they're in Vegas and they are not able to record because they're a bunch of shit. So this is what you guys are getting this week. I'm terribly sorry. I'm so sorry to you guys, but stay tuned next week and you're going to get a doozy. everybody welcome to movie toast news and reviews this is adam as you heard in the intro Corey and tommy aren't here they didn't show up because they're in vegas we're luckily joined by one of my closest friends someone i collaborate with all the time his name is dennis corn dennis welcome to the show hey thanks for having me adam yeah dennis you want to let everyone know what the top three stories of the week are oh absolutely there is a new side of Pee Wee Herman that we have not seen before that Paul Rubens very much wants to bring to life. I am very intrigued by what this might be. It could be the first dark Pee Wee Herman movie. There is a rumor of Lethal Weapon 5 actually getting made, and everyone you could ever wish to be attached to it is pretty much there. Paramount is going to be releasing a new series of Transformers films that will continue to spin off similar to the Bumblebee movie. Have you seen anything recently? Uh, any movies or anything? Well, I've kind of been on like a docuseries kick lately. A couple of them I'd watched recently. I finally got around to Wild Wild Country. That was really interesting, especially having come from Oregon myself. Learning that little factoid was not something that was talked about much when I went now, to school. Now, what's, what's so, that about? There was a group called the Rajneeshis that came from India that had this movement where they worshipped their founder and he just transplanted his cult into Oregon. Its presence was around the world but their, their center was going to be here. Their whole focus is that they were going to build this commune that would just be the perfect embodiment of what a commune could be. They were going to be the perfect society. Obviously, that didn't go as they planned. And the things they did in order to gain the control they had was incredible. Was someone in the group, in the cult, were they doing the documentary? Or did someone find out about it and then interview the people that were in the cult? Bits and pieces of both. Definitely worth the watch. I also watched Don't Fuck With Cats. That was interesting. Normally, I like learning about these kind of crazy people. Just what goes into the mind of someone who does these kinds of things. And Now, what's, what's the uh, setup for this one? There's a video circulating on the internet of it looks like this teenager is killing a kitten on camera. Posted the video, and it just went viral. And there was this Facebook group of people that decided they wanted to track this person down. They wanted to figure out who this was and make them pay. What happens after that is what's interesting. I mean, I genuinely believe it's part of just kind of the internet culture itself may have possibly helped fuel this individual it gets a lot bigger once i started i really couldn't stop it was like okay one more episode okay one more episode i want to see the resolution you gotta close the book on it so you definitely think that's worth watch too yes i mean seeing how it unfolded and what may have helped influence this individual is an interesting question to ponder i'm not sure who might have done more damage in the end that one was hard to quit and then a lighter entry, Marvelous is Mrs. Maisel, which cannot say enough good things about that show. There's a reason why it's getting all the awards it did. Every single aspect of that show is fantastic. Not just the performances or the script, but it's beautifully shot. The sets are incredible. The wardrobe is incredible. They pick perfect locations that just feel like we're very much living in this time. Oh, man, it's so good. It's just so good. <laughs> now, the basis is what? It's like the 50s or something, and there's a woman comedian and kind of breaking boundaries? Yeah. She's actually married to another man who this is his side hustle. This is like what he wants to do is be a stand-up comedian and... He's not that great at it, but they've been working on his set together for a long time. It culminates to their marriage is breaking down. She decides to go on stage herself to vent her sorrows. And it turns out she has a natural knack for giving this kind of performance. She decides that this is definitely the path she needs to go down and starts pursuing a comedy career herself. 
just about every scene with her and her parents or her manager. Are... Now, her manager is played by, I forgot her name, the lady that voices Lois Griffin, right? Yes. She steals pretty much every scene she's in. But man, no, I can't sing the praises of that show enough. Mrs. Maisel's very cinematic in its presentation. It's very interesting to look at. They're not afraid of color on screen. The sets are dramatic and very expressive. Art Deco is just everywhere. And wow. oh man, I, I feel like there's so much thought is put into every frame of that show. It definitely should be sitting up next to a lot of movies that people are watching now. So that's on uh, Amazon Prime, right? <laughs> yes, the Amazon Prime original series. It's definitely worth a watch. So yeah, I uh, I saw a couple of things. First thing I want to talk about isn't a movie, but it's a musical based on a movie that is now becoming a movie. I saw the Mean Girls musical, and oh. I went in, I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. It's a cool it was, classic. Yeah, it's definitely a classic, and I had hope because Tina Fey helped write the musical as well. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. A lot of the songs were comical. The ebb and flow with it, it follows the movie to a T. Everyone in the cast knocked it out of the park. If you ever get a chance, uh, check it out. I know it's touring right now, and uh, I guess in like two years you can see it on the big screen i would check that out and that yeah. kind of leads into a story that we have coming out of this week they're turning matilda into a musical yeah i mean it's apparently it got pretty popular on its own as the stage musical so the director of the stage musical matilda is going to be directing the netflix movie and they just announced that they're making a movie out of hamilton they're using the entire original cast and they're filming it on stage where they actually had the musical run on broadway so i'm kind of intrigued that's kind of cool how that still, works. still attempting to give you the stage performance experience without having to go to it. Yeah, and only charge you like $13 a ticket or $15 a ticket opposed to 80 to a couple hundred bucks. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I would take that deal. If it's touring, you're, or you're, you know, you're not going to go to wherever the original cast ever was going to be anyway. At mm-hmm. least this way, you're still getting to see that level. No knock on the cast members who are touring with it right now, but don't we all kind of want to see the original mm-hmm. cast yeah, perform? Yeah, I think so. Apparently, Disney paid millions of dollars. It's like a super giant price they paid for it, so it should be interesting to see. I'm going to pay for that ticket before I'd pay for a ticket to go to Cats. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. I didn't even see Cats, and I don't even pay for my movie ticket. The next uh, movie I saw isn't playing in theaters anymore. It's like a small indie movie that I rented on Apple TV starring Justin Long and Donald Faison. So uh, Justin Long, kind of like an insurance adjuster. He goes through insurance policies when people die to see if there's any loopholes so you don't got to pay for it. And he finds a massive one for this firefighter that died and it's going to save his company millions of dollars. And Donald Faison's like, hey, let's go celebrate. And he's like, I don't go and party or anything. And then he ends up going out with them. He meets a girl. He ends up getting drugged and it's like a weird trippy time travel drug trip movie that goes back and forth in time oh. and it's just kind of cool it's called the wave and it's just kind of trippy and a really fun watch uh, okay no i'm definitely gonna keep an eye out for that one that sounds like a fun trip next i saw the new netflix documentary miss americana the taylor swift story woo woo yeah you know i'm not gonna lie some of her music's catchy and uh, i catch myself listening hey, to it sometimes she wouldn't be who she is if it was all you know if it yeah. was all terrible so. and i know there's a <laughs> lot of hate on taylor swift and they kind of show this whole documentary they have videos from her as like a small kid getting her first guitar her performing on stages before she came big her being big all the shit that's happened to her over the years and it's kind of interesting stuff i never realized or knew it was really good it <laughs> shows the vulnerability of her and she doesn't hide back from things and i don't know it's a really 
really good documentary if you like that type of thing. I know it's not for uh, everyone. Uh, yeah, that object might not be my first choice, but hey, if, if it's still a well-made documentary, that, that could yeah. still be interesting. Last night I saw two movies. I saw, let's see, the first one was Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel, whatever it's called. I oh, think yeah. It's, it looked fucking sexy. The sets that they were on, forests they were in, it looked dark and grim. Everything was looking great. Honestly, nothing spooky really happened in it, which was kind of a letdown. Really? Yeah. I don't really know the original Grim Fairy Tale, so I assume this might be based on it, but the witch slowly reveals herself as a witch to Gretel and wants Gretel to be a witch like her. And then the witch kind of wants to get rid of Hansel, and once that happens, Gretel is like against the witch and wants to get some revenge, but not very uh, spooky. So I'd say it's a oh, yellow light. Oh, man. Yeah. Shoot. I was. I will say, after seeing the trailer, I kind of had some hopes for it. And I will say, I don't know who the woman was, but she was pretty good. Gretel was, I believe she was the girl in It, so she was pretty good. But the boy that played Hansel, he just seemed like he's never acted before, which is totally cool. But he seemed like he was just reading a script. There was no emotion behind anything that he was saying for the most part. Oh, deadpan delivery doesn't last long in a 90-minute <sighs> story. Like, that's a... <laughs> yeah. And then I saw this other movie called The Rhythm Section, which is a Blake Lively movie. Uh, her family was on a plane that got bombed. There was like a terrorist attack on it. And it picks up with her. She's like working as a prostitute in a cat house, all messed up on drugs. Jesus. A reporter comes to interview her because he realizes that she's the daughter of the family that died. He says, hey, I know this guy built the bomb. And it's kind of like uncovering everything. But that guy gets killed. She knows he was getting some intel from someone else elsewhere. So she goes off to meet that person who turns out to be Jude Law and he gets her sober, trains her to fight and kill. And then she, it's kind of like a female badass action adventure of her getting revenge. And it's really good. It nice. tanked at the box office, but it was really good. Yeah, no, that sounds like a fun watch. I like a, yeah. a badass female revenge story. Those are cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've seen so far. Uh, Want to get into the news? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. What was the first story that we were going to talk about? So the first story I had mentioned was the dark Pee Wee Herman movie. Oh, yes. Yes. So apparently uh, Pee Wee Herman has been wanting to get this movie made for years. And it's about Pee Wee going to prison and then getting out and becoming a junkie and just going on some bad routes, I guess, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it sounds like it might be more a comment on firsthand experience in his life while mm -hmm. being presented in the dark comedic story. I mean, it sounds like something I would think is funny, but it's one of those, it's like a knife edge, it's a fine line. Or it could just be very not funny because of how dark they decided to take it. But Yeah, I guess he wanted to do this before he did Pee-wee's uh, Holiday or whatever the Netflix movie was. Yes. Uh, and, but yeah, Big Holiday. Yeah, and this was going to be less than half of what that movie cost, but nobody wanted to make it because nobody wants to see Pee-wee Dark, apparently. But now he's uh, had conversations with the Safdie brothers. They did uh, this movie Good Time, and they did that Adam Sandler movie Uncut Gems. So these guys are really dark and edgy and just crazy intense with everything they do. They're, they're riding a good wave right now, for sure. They have yeah. a lot of positive press. But how do you take this happy, lovable character and make them kind of... Exactly. Kinda... And then as, as an audience, how are you going to digest then witnessing this character going through this for 90 minutes or however long they decide to... You know, it's that's yeah. a big gamble. 
you, you know, at, at his proposed budget of $15 million, that is $15 million that could just as well be going toward bigger tentpole movie. Oh, I don't want to don't want to get ahead, but it sounds like some of the deals they're making with people like Adam Sandler, they're probably going to want to give him that money instead. Yeah, Sandler just signed another deal with Netflix to do four more movies under that contract. His last Netflix movie was one of their highest movies watched last year. So, of course, they want to stay in that business with him. And now he has yeah. all these awards contentions going. Why not give him more movies or more money? opposed to letting him go work for other studios. Supposedly, Netflix subscribers watched two billion hours of Adam Sandler movies Wow! since since this deal has gone through. God. What next do we have? The Lethal Weapon 5 story. Still some of my favorite episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. to this day. But <laughs> a real Lethal Weapon 5 is actually coming to light. They plan to have Richard Donner return, which being 90 years old, that will be interesting because yeah. you better get this movie made quick. Mm-hmm. The, him as as well as Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, which, I mean, come on, that's core personnel we need. I, I just need it to acknowledge that they are the age they are. Let's just hope the story centers around the fact that they are finally getting too old for this shit. I feel like it could be interesting seeing them in, like, walkers and stuff. Oh, absolutely. The next story is Paramount wants to do two new Transformers movies. I mean, Bumblebee made some money. We don't know what both the movies are, but there's rumor that one of the movies is Beast Wars. See, now that's the part that got me a little interested. Yes. Now, I'm not going to, like, hold my breath, True. but a Beast Wars movie would be pretty cool. Like, of the toys, it was Beast Wars I was into. They were, in my opinion, they were a little more badass. If we keep going back to the Transformers movies, I'm kind of curious if I'll ever bother remaking anything. Speaking of remakes, Blumhouse has stated that they are going to be somewhat remaking one of my absolute favorite horror sci-fi movies of all time, The Thing. The interesting part about this remake, though, is that they're actually going to the original source material, the author of the short story, Who Goes There, that The Thing was originally based on, actually had enough material for a full novel that was never published. Supposedly, this original novel was rediscovered and is going to be brought back into the fold for this new script. Very excited to see what that'll be. Blumhouse, obviously, they have had their hands full of a lot of very interesting horror properties and Mm -hmm. are well practiced with this kind of thing so (laughs) they're great with horror disney plus is at it again they're bringing the mighty ducks back oh yes with a little bit of a twist amelio estevez is coming back as what the heck is the coach's name is like gordon bombay bombay yep for me personally Mighty Ducks was like a big part of my childhood. As my girlfriend would call, that subject is fantasy fulfillment. You know, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be this hockey player or anything. But watching <laughs> these kids go through this journey and like, that yep. was always awesome. I'm impressed that they got him to come back to play this character. Right. So, you could easily see him popping in anybody, but it's nice to see they're actually bringing him in. Oh, yeah. I think with the caliber of that it being for Disney Plus, I'm, I'm sure there's a big figure on that check that he got to oh, yeah. join the series. I, I'm assuming it's going to be very targeted for the family. But, mm-hmm. I mean, as most of us have aged up, you know, it would make sense if they target the whole family. It's not yeah. just for kids. But and it'd be nice catching up. Too. What has it been like, 25 years probably? Or even longer since Ooh, About D2? that, yeah. The story supposedly is picking up with Gordon Bombay in present day, following this new group of kids joining the hockey team. What is it? The main kids got kicked out of the team he was on, or they disbanded or something. So yeah. He's trying to start a new one, and they need a coach. <laughs> Who would you turn to? What? I'm very curious about who the rest of this cast is going to be, because obviously 
that's really who's going to be carrying the show, you know? True. I'm kind of hoping that we're going to get into the similar shenanigans, you know? I want to see the kind of the same gag. I feel like it's an updated version of a lot of the same archetypes we got last time. Yeah. Which I think makes sense. That's You, you kind of don't want to fuck with the formula too much. True. Especially with, again, I'm just going to go back to, you're really making the show for the parents of the kids who want to watch it, you know? It's, yeah. Um, something that they don't mind watching. They're not going to just be like, here's an iPad, put some headphones on, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. Let's get everybody to sit down and pay attention to what's going on instead of just trying to tune them mm. out. So. <laughs> now, I wonder, you think they might bring back any of the other cast members, like some of the kids, see where they're at these days? Well, I know who they won't be bringing back, unfortunately. Oh. I'd say probably one of the most popular characters of the film series, Goldberg, played by Sean White. Yes. Been uh, a little bit of hot water lately. Yeah. Sean Weeze, he was Goldberg on the Mighty Ducks, one of everyone's favorite characters. He's hit with some troubling times lately. He's uh, on some drugs, uh, homeless, and recently got arrested. I think he was on, what, meth maybe? or. Yeah, supposedly the report says that he was under the influence of meth when the police arrested him. The situation, again, he was high on meth, so who knows what he was thinking at the time, Mm -hmm. but found in a person's garage, broke the window to the car, and was sitting in the seat of the car. The owner called the cops, right? And then when the cops came, he said it was his car? Oh, I didn't, I hadn't heard that part of the story. Maybe I made that up, I don't know. I don't know, that could, I mean, it could be a part of it, but. None of us will know. We're not there. We just get to read the arrest report. And this wasn't even in Hollywood. This was like, what, Wisconsin or somewhere in the middle of the country? Northern California. Okay. Not near, you know. Yeah, not the big leagues. Not in the San Fernando Valley like the last time you and I saw him. That's true. (laughs) A couple of years ago, my old roommate uh, was directing his thesis film about a teacher who hooked up with some girl at a party Turned out that it was his student. He didn't think that a girl that age would be there. And it turned out, uh-oh, the next day, that girl's in class. And he's like, how am I going to get out of this one? When his best friend says, well, you want to you lead in more of this? Oh, God. I'm, it's, it's funny because as you're describing it, it's all just kind of coming back to me okay. over the various so, so the best friend of the teacher is like, hey, let's go to another party. I know this guy. He's an actor. He's really famous. He played Goldberg in The Mighty Ducks. We'll get this girl interested in him, and then the scandal will fall away from you. My God. That's yeah. right. And then uh, so they kind of pawn the girl off on him. So uh, we got the guy that played Goldberg himself, Sean. He was in this movie. He was kind of cool and came down and did a couple of hours for us, and uh, or a couple of days, actually, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and he was really cool and just down to earth. and really fun. cool. Everyone was so excited. This is like our brush with like fucking celebrity and like we're all loving this shit. We're shooting out of this fancy house and And mind you, this is a set totally of film students who are all one hundred percent in the age group that we've all watched Mighty Ducks and it's there's he's the only one of us that you'd call celebrity or professional at that point, yeah. really. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we're all kind of freaking out. That was that was a it was a fun day. I'd Really nice. Like that's yeah. that's the part that's really a, kind of a bummer about this. Now I actually picked him up and brought him to set one night, and it sh- it kind of stuck out in my mind that this guy. I was kind of concerned for him back then. I didn't know anything about drugs or alcohol or anything. I just thought he was a cool guy. He was living in like a one bedroom apartment, 
in the valley with like six bunk beds in it. It was really crummy and run down. So it seemed like he was on bad times then, but his spirit was high as hell and he was clean. Apparently he was an alcoholic or a drug addict a couple of years ago before we shot this. And he, That's right, because he, he talked about clean. going in, yeah, he went, he went to rehab and stuff. Or he, and unfortunately, it sounds like he's been in and out a few times. Yeah. So. But the worst part is, in the party, we first meet him, he's like, the guy by the keg pouring everyone drinks. And we had a real keg, and he was taking sips of the beer all night long, and kind of got a little drunk. And after that all happened, we found out that, oh, fuck. We just gave this guy alcohol who was on the wagon. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully we didn't have anything to play into all this. I, I, I hope not. I, I really don't think so. That I mean, was what, it, like 11 years ago almost? No, seven years, eight years. So, yeah, I want to say seven because we were, what, we were juniors? Yeah. Or, yeah, something about that. So like was... 2011. So yeah, maybe eight or not. Yep. Fuck. So yeah, I don't I don't know if that movie is online anywhere. It's called The Music Teacher, directed by Adam Strickland. Check it out if you if you come around it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if it's anywhere. It's fun. Good good group of people, man. Good good stuff. So yeah, you want to talk about some trailers? Oh, absolutely. The new Mortal Kombat animated film. It's getting a uh, straight to digital and Blu-ray release. That does look like kind of fun. Yeah. Um, all the classic characters you want to see are thrown in your face in the trailer. It looks violent. It looks like it's going to be gory. Mm. It's got an R rating, which is exactly what I was hoping it would have. I think this is, I might be wrong, but I think it's a Warner Brothers animation movie, and they tend to go pretty hard in their stuff. They, yeah, they make good stuff. I liked the, um, their Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Way better than the live action one, in my opinion. And the fact that I think animation just lets you get away with so much more. If you can suspend yourself into that visual, just let let it be what it is. You can do a lot cooler things than trying to spend $150, 200000000 million on trying to make it look like an Avengers movie or something, which mm-hmm. you can't, you, you can't make that every year. You can't no. uh, expect. So this, it looks like fun though. It is, um, that animation style though, definitely stood out. Now that oh, yeah. you said that, I, I can't unsee, that makes a lot of sense, a lot more sense then, which I don't remember who the studio was because I, like you said, it's. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of the same same names attached to this one. Um, the biggest two names here we got a uh, Sonia Blade is uh, Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter. Oh, cool! And uh, as Johnny Cage, we got Joel McHale. <laughs> so yes, kind of fits. That's fitting. Yeah. Yes, that's great. <laughs> and this uh, this movie is called Mortal Kombat Legends: Scorpion's Revenge. And at the same point, we got a uh, James Wan doing a new live action movie. So it should be interesting comparing what you can do on the big screen and what you can do on the little screen, like you were saying with Justice League. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, um, and then you, you just mentioned the other part of it. I feel like the, if you've got a solid animation studio, you can crank them out a little faster. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. take over a year for each, each movie to be made if you're making them all in one place. Yeah. True. That should be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully there'll be a movie toast episode where we can review that. That'd be pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the fast and the furious nine trailer. Now I haven't seen mm, the last six, so (laughs) I really have no idea what's going on. So I I do still enjoy an action movie though. You left off on what? Tokyo drift. Uh, um, That was the third one. Cause you have fast and furious. Fast and furious. What's after that one? 
Uh, is that Fast and Furious? Yeah, it starts getting kind of weird the way they title these things. Yeah. You know what? Then that might have been the last one. Shoot. Yeah, I'm so I'm very, very out of touch. I recognize, you know, I recognize faces as they go by in the trailer. Yeah. The trailer was fucking badass. Like, it's just oh, all easily. over the place. I, I like that. I, I can appreciate a film franchise that just fully embraces something ridiculous. Like, oh, it is going yeah. to just be so over the top. You won't believe that we even suggest this is a storyline. <laughs> like, last you know, we were racing cars. No, no, nowadays, we're fucking going into, like, spy stuff. We're fucking doing bank robberies. We're saving the world. Oh, my God. So much I... <laughs> crazy. Bad guys becoming good guys. Enemies becoming friends. Fucking Letty. Uh, she's the Michelle Rodriguez character. She like you think she's dead, but she has like amnesia and she's a bad guy. But then they they make her good. I think the last movie, Vin Diesel is a bad guy, and then he becomes good. Ah uh, man, Jason Statham and The Rock, Hobbs and Shaw, they got their own spinoff movie, which was bonkers and amazing. I heard that was a fun. It was a fun offshoot, and then oh. there's a possibility they keep making similar things in that vein. Yeah, because the apparently characters doing their own thing. I think this is now known as the Fast Legacy or something like that. What they're calling this. This is the ninth one. The tenth one's going to wrap everything up, supposedly. They're talking about doing a, of course, another Hobson Shaw movie. But they're talking about doing an all-female movie. You got Helen Mirren in the mix. You got Charlize Theron, Michelle Rodriguez, Gal Gadot. There's so many like ladies in these. Why not? And then all really like an all really badass lady. Like yeah. we've all seen we've seen them all play really badass characters and other things. No doubt they would be able to carry that. Easy. As long as you have that same formula of just nonsense. But, but I guess I can't really speak for that because I haven't been watching them. Oh. But I know when I see a trailer, it's always uh it's entertaining looking. I so. wanna say the last four movies have been amazing. Like I feel like after I love Tokyo Drift, I loved Everyone Hates, I loved it. But the one after that, I was like, eh, I don't really care. But then it starts getting so globetrotting and so outrageous that you just, it hooked me. I'm loving them. But uh, apparently this one, now we got another wrestler in here. We got John Cena coming in playing Vin Diesel's <laughs> younger brother and their enemies. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Watching yeah. in the trailer, getting to see them throw each other off at skyscrapers and shit and get up and just keep swinging. Oh, no, no, no. Literally, in, I want to say, like, two movies ago, when Hobbs and Shaw's were enemies, fucking, there was a fight scene on a building that was collapsing, and Jason Statham was under rubble, like, there was a whole building on top of him, but he got out of that, and <laughs> The Rock had, like, like, a bazoo like he just lifts, like, giant columns. They're, they're subhumans. These are superheroes now. Yeah, Spies. yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. <laughs> If you ever have time, I know you like to smoke weed. I drink. Just get fucked up and watch these movies. Even sober, they blew my mind, man. Yeah, I, that's probably would be how it would happen. I, I definitely would like to catch up on, uh, on those, that's for sure. I know there's a lot. And they, <laughs> they write Paul Walker off in a nice way. And That's good. I was yeah. kind of curious how that would play out. So definitely got to see that, that yeah. you know, through that part. And even if you don't want to watch the movies, don't worry about it, but they're out there and crazy and action-packed. <laughs> and, like, they just top themselves each time. You don't know how they're going to top it, but they do. That's a fun way to do it, though. 
John Krasinski. He's yeah, uh, Krasinski. back with A Quiet Place too. They just dropped a new trailer for that. That first one was fantastic. And I mean, within the first few seconds of watching the trailer, the second one, we're being thrown right back into that world. I love that feeling of just getting to experience more of that story. If you haven't seen the trailer, definitely have to check that out if you watch the first film, because it looks like we're getting to see a lot more of the world. I I remember having questions about how we got to this point, and it seems like we're finally going to at least see that last day of normal life, you know? I like, oh God. I like apocalypse movies, so I'm looking forward to those moments, you know? Like, I didn't care what happened before the first movie because they just dropped us in and it was amazing. But when they start the trailer of, like, the fast, crazy shit happening, I'm like, holy fuck, I want to know everything that happens. And it keeps yes. your heart pumping. Like, you're like, holy shit. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's very apparent, obviously, as we've just been saying. It's going to jump back before the events of the first movie. But we are clearly getting just as much um, afterwards, too. Which is kind of cool because we've only seen the one family and we've seen fires off in the distance so we know other people are there, but we haven't interacted with them yet. Yeah, you know, the people who did survive, are they going to be the people you really want to go out and meet? There's a reason why they're standing and other people aren't. The classic zombie story of it's not the zombies, it's the people that are really the enemy. Yeah, and just like the vibe you get from the people in this trailer, it's like Cillian Murphy, is that him? Is that the guy's name? Yeah, I'm happy he's in this usually does not disappoint in anything I ever see him in. So and I he can imagine got, like one of his starts in 28 days later. So he kind of knows this world. Definitely. Yes. It looks like, yeah, they're like warning about like different people and then the monsters. So yeah, it's kind of a nice vibe. Oh yeah. So it looks like we're going to be seeing other survivors, but probably don't want to be around these other people to begin with. They now seeing someone else's survival story might be kind of interesting too, because we've only seen this sliver of the story. Although that was great, this world that uh, Krasinski built is fantastic. I, oh yeah, the fear of having to move around in silence basically all the time, having to soundproof everything you possibly could—just all of that stuff—is a whole other dimension of fear mm-hmm. that I had never given much thought. And working sign language into the movie because you have a Death Star slash character and how to keep a baby quiet or give birth in this world. That was, oh, that was one of the best moments of that first movie for me. That Emily Blunt is fantastic in that. Very excited to see more of that really badass performance. And Oh, God, the way they end the movie with her, like, pumping that shotgun and ready for action. I'm like, oh, Oh, hell yeah. More right away. But I'm wondering... If this movie is going to have more like talking because we got more people, but it's like, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, with, with the jump back and forth in time, it seems like they've invited that opportunity for it to be easier for those moments to happen, especially in the beginning when they're not going to know right away mm-hmm. what's going to get their attention. They are going to definitely just kind of keep carrying on as one would think to. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm very intrigued. It's, it should be good. It's all the same elements attached to this one still, I believe. So just more I people. Reason. Yeah, exactly. I see no reason why we shouldn't uh, get get your hopes up a little bit for this one. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, anything else you might want to talk about? Or? Um, shoot, man, uh, off the top of my head at the moment. If you ask me back again, I'm definitely going to see some random movies too. Love to have you stop by and come in whenever you can because save my yeah, ass absolutely. I'd be talking to fun. myself. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, I would, I would just listen to you talk. Oh, dude, I, I literally started the pod, doing the podcast on my own, and I, I was just like, this is so fucking bad. I sound like shit. There's nothing happening. It's just me reading and talking. I need more people. And I thought I'd have to do that this week, and I'm like, I can't do that. Fuck that. <laughs> no, I, I got your back, man. 
happy to sub in or join you whenever you'll have me back. That's for yeah, sure. No, definitely. Thank you for being here. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, look forward to having you listen again, guys. Have a great Absolutely. day. Absolutely.